Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Hi, everyone. This is Sandy Todd Webster, Ideas Editor in Chief and host of the Idea Fit Pro Show. Today, I'm talking with 2019 Idea Personal Trainer of the Year, Leslie Bender. Leslie is the creator of the Bender Method of Training. Her functional techniques benefit athletes as well as everyday people who want to achieve optimal health and fitness while preventing injury. She is well known for the 2007 Bender Ball Fitness infomercial and has filmed over 20 DVDs. She presents to trainers internationally, focusing on the analysis of movement and offering certifications in the Bar Above Method, which she co-created with Trisha Murphy Madden. Stay with me to get the inside scoop on Leslie's unique perspective on pain-free and injury-free active aging. Leslie Bender, are you ready? Yes, Sandy, I'm ready. Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show. It is so great to see you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So for those listeners who may not know your background, if you could walk us through some of the highlights of your career and bring us up to date with some of the projects you're working on today, we'd love to hear about that. Well, I can tell you that I was probably one of the very first attendees for Idea World over 30 years ago. So that goes <laughs> to show you how long I've been in this business and how much I love it. And as an attendee, I was part of uh, a big health club in Reno, which is still there. And I do remember about 10 of us all uh, bunking down in a hotel room to be there, to be part of, you know, the most exciting launch of an industry, you know, over 30 years ago, which was the fitness industry. And for me, I fell in love with fitness the very first time I took an aerobic class when we were all wearing our G-strings on the outside of our spandex and jumping around. <laughs> so for me, it was it was like an instant passion and love for this particular industry. So, you know, fast forwarding a bit, um, I, I lived in Europe for about four years and I worked for Body Life and Darren Dietrich. And that was when we had about 2000 in our sessions. It was it was incredible. And when I moved back to the United States, I was still on this this path of passion. And my goal was was to truly be in the presenting world because I felt like I wanted to share my knowledge and I wanted to share the passion of our, our industry with everyone that I came in contact with, both students and our trainers. And so in 1999, I went through classical Pilates in New York and I actually injured my low back. There was an awful lot of hip flexion and, you know, and this is kind of before science really became such a big integral part of our world as it is now, thankfully. And um, I started using a small ball. So I was one of the very first, if not the first, to introduce a small ball, a small squishy ball into the Pilates world. And so I started my company, The Pilates Coach, and we certified thousands all over, all over the country, all over the world. And then I sort of started switching gears and got very much involved with the Gray Institute of Applied Functional Science as a gift graduate and fellow. And in 2006, at the IDEA conference with my booth, and I was presenting a Pilates coach at the time, is when Jeff Teller from Xavier Fitness came over and he said, what are you doing with that little ball? And I said, oh, let me show you. And at the time, the ball was red. 
And uh, I showed him some exercises and he said, wow, no one has ever used a small ball like you're using it. And so to make a shorter story short is it became the bender ball. And what's so exciting is then that that became such a big component. And it's so, you know, for me, it's an honor to walk into fitness facilities all over the world and there's that green ball. So it really sort of, change the way people looked at core training in a safer way to protect the lumbar and thoracic spine. And so with that, you know, everyone's using a small ball now. And, you know, when you're kind of the the first to catapult something like BOSU or TRX, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how many, you know, variations of products that come out over time. So anyway, to, to, that's sort of Sandy for me, um, you know, I've been in this, in this for such a long time. And I think that when you're in this for such a long time, you go through different metamorphosis, if you will, is in other words, from high intensity step aerobics, and you're kind of going, wow, this is hard on my body to migrating into more of functional personal training. And that's now I'm really into the personal training, functional rehabilitation world. So much, so much to unpack there. You, um, you know, it, it must be really neat to see what your fitness pro colleagues come up with as far as programming around the bender ball or around the, the squishy ball. Um, and just there are so many creative minds out there to, oh, gosh, see, yes. to see what other people do with it. It must be really fascinating for you. Oh, it is. It most definitely is. And I think it's good, you know, because at the end of the day, there are, you know, there's, there's so much on the internet now, both good and bad. And, um, as it, and I think for students to be able to experience different modalities of training keeps people interested in fitness. So, because when people say, I hate being on a treadmill, it's like watching paint dry. It's like, have you thought about trying something else? And especially with COVID, the more creative that we can become with small pieces of equipment, the more we keep people interested in staying fit and healthy. At least I think so. Yeah, definitely. And I, I want to talk more about that in a minute. But but first, before we get too far down this, the more the technical geek out road that we're probably going to do here, um, I wanted to take a couple of minutes to have you relive the honor of being named the 2020 Idea Personal Trainer of the Year at Idea World Virtual last summer. Congratulations again for that. Um, And I just wanted you to reflect a little bit on what that meant to you personally and professionally, and maybe share a little bit of how you're using your platform to help inspire other pros to move them forward, especially during this super difficult year. Well, first of all, I guess for me, um, I was, I, you know, when I got, when I got the note from uh, Rebecca, I was, I was absolutely flabbergasted because it was actually a a client of mine who said, you really ought to apply. You really should do it. I'm like, well, I don't know. There's so, there's so many good, good trainers out there, great trainers out there. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go for it. And so for me, first of all, Sandy, it's an honor. I mean, to receive an award like this is, um, I guess it shows my years of dedication and um, unfaltering uh, you know, passion for what I do. And for me, I feel like 
you know, especially at 60, you, you think, oh, I'm too old to be doing these things in some respect. But in the other respect, I do think that, you know, the trainers that are watching this uh, this podcast right now, for all intents and purposes, is the more you follow your passion, it's not work. You know, and if you love your work, it's not work. And at the end of the day, we are here to serve others. And we, and, and this is why I got into this, you know, no matter whether somebody comes to me with back pain or they're coming out of a, you know, a surgery or whatever the case may be, is, is truly understanding the needs of our clients, not my needs, but what my clients' needs are. And I think as trainers, when we step back out of our out of our own self sometimes and really look at how people react to what you're giving them is such a gift. And so for me, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, and I think just uh, receiving this award was, I hope that I can, I can encourage anyone who is thinking about applying, I see do it. Um, and with that being said, is to keep following your dream, keep following your passion. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you do write down those affirmations and truly believe in who you are and what you do, your dreams will become realities. They truly do. Beautifully said. And, and I, I'll add for, for folks at home who, um, are interested in learning more about the awards, we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can cruise over there and see what it's all about. And then also for those of you who have applied and haven't haven't yet been the recipient of the award, keep going because we, you know, persistence. We have several recipients over the years who did apply multiple times and it just may not be your year one year, but it will be your year eventually. So um, keep trying. Absolutely. Um, Keep trying, you know, and and I think you're right. It, it, you know, it and it, and when you say your year, it, it, you know, I guess it, for me it was like, oh my gosh, you know, and this is kind of before I think that they had completely canceled, you know, Idea World, and um, and I thought, wow, I'm going to be on stage. I'm going to be with all these, you know, <laughs> people in this big auditorium. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous about that, right? And then, of course, we went virtual for World. But even being in front of um, a camera like I am right now, I still felt, and you will too, the energy knowing that you've got hundreds of people listening to every word you say and, and, and why you are in this industry. And for me, it, it truly is about... Um, being able to follow your dream and and never give up. And I and I realize, you know, sometimes we do get burned out. You know, we all have through COVID. You know, I think, you know, especially learning how to do everything that we are doing now virtually versus live is a very different genre for those of us that are people, you know, oriented. <laughs> we are, are used to training people in a room and having our hands on them. Now I'm very lucky I'm in Orlando. So our studios are open. Um, mm -hmm. Granted, we are keeping our six foot distance. We are wearing masks, but being in a room with live bodies, let me tell you, is so awesome because you feed off that energy. But if you yeah. put your mindset into it, you can still feed off the energy vir virtually as well as you can live. You really can. You just have to have a mindset to do it. Yeah, it just <laughs> takes a little different kind of focus, I think. 
Um, so great transition on, on what you were saying about how the world has changed. I know you work with a lot of active agers, and I was hoping you could tell us more about working with this demographic, especially virtually um, during during the shutdown. And I know you're doing some live, but you probably are doing some virtual um, instruction as well. So if you could describe your clients, their ability levels, and the types of sessions that you're conducting um, virtually, and then also go into some of the specific challenges and solutions that I know you've discovered with virtual communication. Well, I think the number one thing that I can't stress enough is being very, very clear in your directions. Keeping in mind, you know, including myself, when I first really jumped into the world of Zoom, is uh, is e- explaining where you want your students to feel in exercise. And for example, if I said, all right, Sandy, I want you to get up and let's do some squats. Woo, keep on going. I didn't give you very clear instructions on how to have your feet placed, where your knee alignment should be. And I think especially when we are doing small group training or one-on-one training virtually, it's imperative that, first of all, visually you have to cue them and auditorily because you no longer have the ability to tactily cue them, um, obviously over the internet. So I would keep movements, depending on your client, simplistic, clear, concise, and with a purpose. Um, For example, one of the things that we have to do is get up and down off of a chair. Maybe it requires that when you're teaching a client an active ager how to squat correctly, you actually have a chair that they sit down on and they get back off of. I know that might sound simplistic to you and I, but fast forward yourself, you know, 20 or 30 years, depending on where you are in your age and your career. And um, I don't know whether you're going to ask me about it or not, but one mm-hmm. of the, the thing that happened to me just a little over a year ago is I had a total knee replacement. And that came from years of kind of dumb training. I'll be honest. I mean, I pushed myself hard, step, high intensity, and on and on and on. And I didn't do any restoration because it didn't exist back then. I mean, let's go back 30 years. Yoga didn't really exist in fitness facilities. They were in yoga facilities, right? So with that being said, having a knee replacement not only gives me an absolute appreciation and understanding of excruciating pain because you go through it, but also understanding how you can coach, cue, and connect with somebody who has had some kind of joint replacement. And there's over 1 million people per year that either have their hips or knees replaced just in the USA alone. Now that's a little lower this year because it's an elective surgery. However, keeping in mind guys that you will have students that if they have gone through joint replacement, you're gonna have to be very, very specific in the way that you give them directions and especially what exercises that they need to do it. Actually, Sandy, I am doing a webinar tomorrow with IDEA um, on how to train your clients before and after a knee replacement. So having a clear background behind you, not a lot of clutter, only a few pieces of equipment, 
And then that way you can sit back and watch how they execute a movement and whether they're doing it correctly or not. And I'm hoping that I'm answering that question for you um, because I will say that the activator is going to be depending. We've got such a, we've got such a big diversity in the activator who just wants to play with their grandkids, or you've got somebody like me who wants to go skiing. So you've kind of got, you've got two very different demographics. Does that make sense? Totally, totally makes sense. Um, it, it seems like, uh, you know, so your, your cues here were simple, clear, concise, with purpose. It, it sounds to me like you have to do a lot of um, prep in your own head, or even just like sketch out on paper, what you're going to do with that, either if, if it's a one-to-one client to, to know what, you know, you know what their goals are. So, you know, where you're going to progress from session to session, but if you're doing a group class to be really deliberate about having, having a plan and then sticking to that plan or flexing with it as, as need be how your people are feeling or responding that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, a a lot of people, of course it's better now because we're a year out. Right. But I know in the beginning, people didn't know how to set up their cameras correctly, being the participant, not necessarily the trainer, and not really being able to see you correctly. And so I would even suggest in your first session with a client virtually is just go through the ABCs of how to set up their room. So in other words, our first session together is going to be, let me see your space. You know, bring your camera, whether it's your iPad or your iPhone, show me, you know, your area that you're going to train with me because they might have a dog. They might have something, you know, that they could trip and fall over and they don't think about these things, but Mm -hmm. you need to think about these things because keeping in mind, we're used to training in a gym and we know where everything is, but they don't necessarily know where everything is in the area that they're going to work out in. So I would suggest my first session with anyone, first of all, I do a postural evaluation on them because you can do that virtually. And second of all, is seeing how much space do you actually have to move? Can you see me? Can you hear me? All those things are so vital for the success of a training session. Yeah. And you can definitely nip things in the bud, problem solve before you even get to that first session. So that is, that's a great tip. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. I mean, off the get go, I was doing all virtual because we were all shut down. And, uh, you know, and uh, it's very hard as a trainer, obviously, when you've got all these little teeny squares on Zoom and you're like squinting to see them. And, and, And once again, that's not a bad idea then to, you know, if you're offering like a group class and let's say you have 15, 20 people, you've got to be very cognizant again of how are they moving? Maybe you give them an exercise and say, okay, we are going to just do some nice slow squats. I want you to keep going and I just want to check everybody's form. So if you'd be so kind as to put your camera on, half the time they may not even have their camera on and they don't even know it. So again, keeping in mind, a lot of people are still learning the whole virtual thing, you know, so. Right, right on. Um, So you mentioned your total knee replacement and I think I saw you at Personal Trainer Institute last February before well actually it was it was March I think yeah it was a it was a week before the shutdown and you were walking around in a, a boot I want to say or you still had a, a limp but you oh, had yeah. just I I had a I had a I just had a knee wrap on and 
you were, I got you were recovering. Um, yeah. And you, you told me that you were, you were recovered and back to training clients in just three weeks, which I found absolutely astounding. And I would love for you to share how you manage that. And if you have any secrets or tips for such a quick bounce back, was it prehab? Was it diet? Was it a, a combination of things? Please share. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things that I encourage um, and keeping in mind with our students, you're going to have a lot of you're going to have clients that probably ate their way through COVID. And it may be they're coming back to you live or they're coming back to you virtually now. Last thing we want to do is say, all right, I'm going to measure you. I know I haven't seen you in six months or I'm going to weigh you. They already know that, you know, that they were bad. We don't need to reinforce that. So for me, I think the biggest thing is anti-inflammatory nutrition. And so what I did right off the get-go, and it's not pleasant, but it's, it's important, is that I juiced. And I juiced turmeric, I juiced ginger, I juiced beets. And I'll be happy to share with you, Sandy, that maybe if people want, you know, I'll write out the recipe. Um, <laughs> pineapple and I just this every single day and I drank it every single day and for me uh, the biggest thing was is to cut out wheat and to cut out dairy both of which do create inflammation in the joints that that was that was the big thing for me is, is doing that and second of all is is getting the swelling down and one of the most important things that you can do believe it or not is simply lie down on your bed and and put your legs up both of your legs up and just lay there, relax, meditate. And for me, it, it, it allowed me to do more meditation because I chose to do meditation and nutrition and movement over taking opioids. I only took one. And I, wow. you know, the doctor kept saying, you need to get ahead of the pain. And I said, well, I'll take ibuprofen or Tylenol or whatever, but I, I am not going to take that that intensive of a pain medication because I I could see myself going, wow, I don't have pain. And I can see how people become addicted to it. And I wanted to be, you know, an advocate. There is other ways to deal with pain. And so for me, it was really the discipline of the rehabilitation, which I will share tomorrow um, in the uh, webinar that I'm going to do. Um, that's huge is movement is so necessary. Exercise is choice, but movement is necessary. And so I only had a walker for about two days and I chose to walk without it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think probably hindsight, Sandy, three weeks was a little soon to come back because I was in pain, but I sat down a lot and, and I had, and I had such positive encouragement and support from all my students because my family's in Nevada, but I'm here in Florida and my family became my family here in Florida. And when you have, if you do have to go in for any kind of surgery, um, no matter what it is, you know, it, nobody goes into surgery going, wow, I can't wait to have my knee cut in half or whatever. Right. <laughs> and so with that being said, it's making sure that you have a good network of friends or whomever that is there to encourage you and to help you get through it because it is, it's a big deal. It's, it's, it's a very, very painful uh, procedure to go through. But with that being said, um, it's made me a better trainer. 
And I think you all know Chuck Wolf and Chuck had his knee done. Matter of fact, he almost died from it because he got a staph infection. And um, Chuck's here in Orlando, very good friend of mine. And I saw him about a month after I had my knee done and I was in tears. I said, you know, I said, why did I do this? And he said, I know you're in agony now. I know you're depressed. I know, you know, life is horrible for you right now. But he said, give it a few more months and it's going to make you the best trainer that you've ever been. And it did. It, it gave yeah. me everything. Um, so I, I love that you went within instead of relying, you know, popping a pill or, you know, taking an opioid to relieve your pain, you used your mind body connection to, to still yourself to steal yourself, um, and to heal yourself. But our mind um, is so powerful. We don't we don't we use that much of it. Yeah, so, so powerful. Um, yeah, and this whole uh, concept of gaining empathy through an experience like this, where you are in pain, um, I, I think many fit pros out there, I, I think fit pros in, in general have great empathy for their clients. But I think until you've been through something like this, where you personally have been damaged and you're in pain and you're coming back from something that is so, so hard, you don't really have the understanding of what um, a client's been through, um, that's, uh, that's had something similar. So that's a really, well, and, and my advice guys is I think, of course, depending on where you go, for example, I have a client that, that goes to this group training and he's constantly complaining of back pain. He comes to me to be fixed, but yet this other trainer is making him push a 500 pound sled. And this is where I think for me personally, I'm one of those trainers that says, why are you doing a movement? Now, this is a water skier. You don't need to be pushing something. You actually need to be learning to use your core in a vertical position. So I think one of the things that we need to step back from, and, and I'm going to say this personally, is step away from my ego. It's not what I need. It's like, I need to look at my client and say, okay, this person is a golfer. They need better flexibility in the hips. They don't need to be bench pressing 300 pounds because it doesn't translate to a golf swing. So I do think sometimes we, if we can step back and say, all right, my client's coming out of a hip replacement. They don't necessarily need to be doing X, Y, and Z, but they do need to be doing like bridging or something, for example. So Again, I think, and what it gets down to, Sandy, is education. And I, the more that we can read and experience from the pros like Gary Gray, you know, um, Len Kravitz, I mean, we've got, you know, we've got some scholars in our industry that are brilliant and they truly understand human movement. And, you know, if I ever have a question, these are the people I go to, or I go to a PT, or I go to a doctor. So, and I can't encourage that enough because sometimes we push our clients to go, yeah, come on, do it. You can do it. Suck it up. Do it. And you may not know that they're silently in agonizing pain. Does that make sense? Totally. Yep. It, it sure does. It's a, it's a great reminder, I think, for, for all of us. Um, speaking of, you know, seeking other sources for education and for consult, there, there are just so many great colleagues out there in the industry. And it's such a generous industry that if you do reach out to someone, they're, they're going to make time to, 
to give you counsel on something that you may not be 100% up to speed on. Always. Um, but Always. but continu- continuing education, um, and speaking of which, I wanted to bring up that you filmed a course for IDEA called I Am Ageless Now. It covers uh, programming that's specifically designed to pr- provide strategies for people to live pain-free, with vitality, um, and the ability to be active, no matter what age they happen to be. I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit more about the course and why you think that's important right now. Well, I'm honored so once again by idea um, as such an industry leader um, and, you know, changing the lives of millions of people. And I'm so happy to be part of it. Uh, I, I created this course with Melody Marler, my business partner, and um, with the mindset that giving our clients and getting our clients to do something at least 10 minutes a day to live a pain-free life. And it includes myofascial release, mantras being a mindset, because sometimes when we get on a foam roller, um, we're thinking about how painful it is rather than thinking a a mantra being something now like I now release and let go. Because when we are holding in emotional pain, it will manifest as physical pain. We can't separate the body, mind and spirit, right? So it's learning how to use essential oils. It's using how to move your body in all three planes of motion, thanks to the Gray Institute, uh, myofascial release with a foam roller or a tennis ball, and, and meditation. So the program is truly designed for trainers to do something completely different, guys. It's different than anything else I've ever taken, and this is why I created it. I thought these are the missing links. There's lots of programs in foam rolling, but not the meditation, not the essential oils, all the things. Think about it. When you go in and have a deep tissue massage, how do you feel afterwards? You feel relaxed. You feel centered. And you truly can get the same benefits from I Am Ageless Now, similar benefits, I should say, to that of having body work done. And especially during COVID, you know, you know, massage therapists aren't the weren't open until recently for some states they're still not open so it's it's so essential that if we don't take care of ourselves sandy you wind up like me with a knee replacement and osteoarthritis can be held at bay by the way that you train and you treat your body and again if you're in if you're listening to this and you're in your 30s and your 40s and you're running you're a runner and you love running and you're having knee pain stop because at the end of the day, you're going to wind up wearing and tearing down your cartilage. And there's no replacement for it, at least not yet. Maybe in 20 years from now, I'll be able to just, you know, have a mold injection instead of having to cut your knee in half. So with that being said, no matter where you are in your age, to stay ageless is not only movement, but it's a mindset. And which brings me to as well is I finally finished my book. It Took a couple of years longer than you know expected, but I am ageless now. Is is also part of the programming. So, congratulations! Uh, it's, been, it's been such a work of passion, and you know there's been ups and downs. And I think you know while I was writing with you know my knee pain with mm-hmm. my knee up and ice on it, it was like, oh my gosh, people need this. <laughs> they really yeah, do. It, it sounds like you you definitely followed your own medicine when you rehabbed yourself um, or, you know, 
got some help for that. And um, lots of lessons to be learned in both the the program through Idea and Leslie's book. So be sure to uh, check those out in the show notes. I'll put links to both of them so you guys can um, explore a little further. Um, so Leslie, as we wrap this up, I wanted to see if you have any thoughts, predictions about what is going to happen in a post-COVID fitness industry. Um, what do you think will be most different? How can pros get ready for what's coming? What skills, if any, should should they be honing to come out of this in a solid, ready position? Well, uh, once again, I'm going to go back to having empathy towards the students that are just now coming back into your clubs and studios, knowing that maybe during COVID, the only thing that they did is walk. I mean, I, I saw more dogs in my neighborhood than I've ever seen. I was like, wow, <laughs> everybody apparently has a dog now. Um, and knowing that when they left you a year ago, that there's a good chance that maybe they didn't do what they should have done. So how you prep, in my opinion, is, is when we start coming out, I mean, I want you to think of it somewhat as you know, a caterpillar that turns into a cocoon. And when it turns into a magnificent butterfly, we come through this metamorphosis of change. And I think COVID was a time, it was a difficult time for many, I'm gonna say most fitness professionals because we have to reinvent ourselves. Many, many of us lost our jobs. And, um, but coming through stronger uh, to challenge yourself to become a better trainer and being able to guide your students into a new life. I think the first part of COVID did give us a chance to reflect and sit back, give the planet a break, what she needed. And it gave us, and it gives you, let's, let's put it this way. It gives you, it gives me, it gives all of us a chance to reflect of what's important in our lives and health and wellness is something that we that we can't stray away from. It's 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 crucial. Health and wellness is not about a bikini contest. Health and wellness is how you stay healthy and well, and that we avoid this thing called disease, being COVID or or anything else. And when we can help our clients nutritionally, understanding why anti-inflammatory nutrition is important why movement is so necessary, even if it is going out for a walk and, and teaching them how to meditate maybe five minutes a day and encouraging them to be their best and not compare yourself to anyone else. Because I think we have a tendency in our industry to go, oh my gosh, you know, I don't look good in a bathing suit anymore. Who the heck cares? It's not about that. It's about getting up every morning and tackling each and every day to the best of our abilities and truly giving back to our community. So I hope that answers your question. I think we're, we are gonna come into a new world and we're, we're constantly evolving, Sandy, and just having, having patience with yourself above all and having patience and understanding with those that you work with. Those are amazing words of wisdom. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, before we go, could you please tell everyone how they can connect with you on either your website, social media channels, et cetera. And we'll also put those in the show link. Um, but uh, the best us. way to reach me, honestly, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm so good about it, is 
Leslie, L-E-S-L-E-E -E, at BenderTraining.com. And I will be glad to help you. I mean, this is why I am here. This is why, you know, I hope that I got elected, uh, you know, 2020 personal trainer of the year is because I'm here for you. Email me, you know, and if you need to talk to me, I'll give you my phone number. And, you know, if you've got a client that has an issue or you have an issue, um, let me help you. And if I can't, I will direct you to the right person that can. So um, that's very important to me. So that's how you get in touch with me. And um, the I Am Ageless Now website, uh, we, will, we are offering um, lots of wonderful things on our website, uh, as well as obviously on the IDEA website. I've filmed a lot of different classes and courses for IDEA, so you can always find me there. Thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us today, Leslie. It was great to see you. Thank um, you. And I'm honored yes. that I got to be with you too. And uh, I look forward to seeing everyone in person because we are going to have the biggest hug. We are going to have the biggest group woo, hug the world woo. has ever seen. And I can't wait. I mean, I just can't wait to reach my arms out and, and hug everyone. And uh uh, virtually, I, I truly send my hug and my love to everyone that is watching, and I'm honored to have been chosen your trainer. I'm honored to be part of IDEA and part of this interview today. So, Sandy, thank you for all that you do, and we want to definitely thank this woman because I know how hard she works as well. Oh, thank you, Leslie. So happy to see you today. You too. If you're looking for more IDEA content or want to learn more about membership or events, visit our website at ideafit.com. We also host the Listen and Learn CEC podcast, the fitness industry's first and only audible CEC program. Each episode contains information from our award-winning fitness journal that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. You can subscribe to both the Idea Fit Pro Show and Idea Listen and Learn CEC podcast in the Apple Podcast Store and on other podcast platforms. Check the show notes for these details and for other resources mentioned in today's episode. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place.